Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie brought to you by Coco's Coffee House. Also, we announced a new partnership last week with the Ryan Martin Foundation. Be sure to go check that out. Today, we have Mitch Joint on the show. He is a Team New Zealand para-athlete who is on the road to Tokyo. He also does a couple different sports that he's going to tell us about as well. Please welcome Mitch. Well, Mitch, how are you doing today? I am good, thanks, Aggie. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to meet you. I'm excited to get to know more about you and what you do. Um, but first, can you just kind of give me some background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm uh, Mitch Joint. Uh, I'm a New Zealand uh, sprinter. I I hold the New Zealand records over 100, 200 and 400, but I'm mainly a 200 meter sprinter on the track. Some people get confused. Some people think I cycle when I say that, but no, I'm a runner. <laughs> got it. Got it. You you kind of preface, I guess, some of the other questions. I was going to ask you your favorite event. I know you do a couple, um, but I guess how how did this become your sport? I guess backtracking a little bit. When did you start sprinting and how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. Well, so I've kind of always been into sport. Like growing up, I was always into so many sports. And I guess I'm one of those people that is just, I guess I'm naturally quite good at everything, but not amazing at anything. So when I find something I like, I just get real passionate and I just go 100% into that. Um, as far as actual sprinting goes, that was, uh, so I, oh, I guess I should also say I'm a below knee amputee. <laughs> they probably want to know that. Um, I haven't been that my whole life. I lost my leg when I was 18. So once that happened, I, I wanted to go to the Paralympics. And I, as first I tried to do rowing um, and that, didn't go to plan. Um, just the way Paralympics works, the more disabled you are, the less people you need in a boat. And I'm classified as not that disabled. So I need eight people in a boat and I couldn't find seven other people <laughs> that wanted to go to the Paralympics. So then I moved to snowboarding because I snowboarded my whole life. Um, and I did make the New Zealand team and I went to one World Cup as a snowboarder, but um, it's just financially just unaffordable to be a snowboarder um, and how funding works over in New Zealand. You don't really get funded until you're like a medalist or like top tier in the world. Um, so then I sort of put that on the back burner. I haven't completely moved away from it. I might attempt a winter Paralympics at some point, but then I um, just kind of fell into running. I, I did an, I did a marathon just to tick it off my bucket list and a, my current coach, he saw me do that and was like, there's no career in long distance running for amputees. So do you want to try short distance? So I went from 42 Ks to yeah, a couple hundred meters. Okay. I have, I have what might be a silly follow-up question, but I've never been to New Zealand. Yes. So where, where do you snowboard in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, that is another logistical error. Um, so I live in Auckland, which is the main city you've potentially heard of that. Um, the nearest mountain is about a five hour drive away. It's called Mount Ropehu. Um, it's down, it's like central of the North Island. And it is, a, it is a mountain you can snowboard and ski on, but it's not a great mountain you can snowboard and ski on. So the best actual facilities are like a three hour flight away at the very Southern end of the South Island in a place called Wanaka or Queenstown. I, I guess I just never thought about New Zealand being that cold. 
to yet it's not that cold we have a pretty short window for a snow season it's not yes yeah, it won't be what you're used to it's sort of like you have to maybe a two three month window where it's like good snow and then the rest of the year there those same mountains are like tramping tracks or mountain bike tracks because there's not a drop of snow on them <laughs> that's crazy i want to see it yeah. one day i want to come i want to see it but oh yeah they're there yeah, no it's a it's a picturesque place for sure in okay. either in either season that's awesome i love it okay silly follow-up question but back to what you do now um i guess i have another question too um i guess after you lost your leg you could have chosen lots of things to do you know what was it about the Paralympics that you said I want to do this and how did you know that that was what you were going to spend the next years doing with your life uh, yeah that's a that's a good question it was um I guess like because I had 18 years of my life with two legs and I didn't really do anything with those 18 years um so I sort of you kind of take your body for granted so when a little bit of it's taken away you then want to just make the most of the rest of it. Um, and so that's like the, I guess that's my reasoning behind it. But there's also like when I, because I was in an accident to lose my leg. So it was quite traumatic for like my friends and family and people I care about. So I also wanted to kind of prove to them that like, that I'm okay, that it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as it kind of first seemed that like I made, I've made the most of them. Definitely, definitely. That's that's great. I think a, a perfect lead-in, I wanted to ask you about your sporting motto or philosophy that you oh, can yeah. tell yourself. <laughs> so can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, I actually wrote it down so I didn't <laughs> mess it up. Um, so my motto that I it really describes me the best is that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. Because like I said before, I, I was never like the best at anything. I was just pretty good. And I'm just willing to work harder than anyone else to become the best. That's, that's really cool. I can also, I was never the best at any sport, which is why I do this now instead of, <laughs> but that's a me thing. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see, I want to ask about, like, I heard you speak one time about racing yourself. Um, how do you... I don't, I don't really know what my question is here, I guess, but what is your like drive to keep out racing yourself, if that makes sense? Yeah, so that's, that's probably my favorite thing about athletics as a sport is that, so I, always, I like team sports, I like watching team sports, but being in a team grinds my gears because other people aren't as passionate as I am. And some people like, treated a bit socially and they don't put all their effort in whereas in athletics there's no one to blame like if if I lose it's only me to blame which and I like that accountability um so the only person that I'm really racing is is myself and my personal best and like pastimes that I've run um because like I like I always say I would rather come last in a personal best time than first and have run badly yeah definitely definitely when you were describing that i was like accountability accountability and then you said it and i was like yes we were thinking the same thing <laughs> the keywords <laughs> yeah no, definitely that's so interesting because like i think that athletics is something that like you hear like team new zealand or team usa or something like that and like 
you hear it as a team sport. And then once you're watching it, I feel like I don't see it like that. So the yeah, mental yeah. side of the sport is huge. Yeah, yeah. Because like, as far as the team New Zealand bit goes is we kind of work together as a team sort of in every aspect except in the actual like arena. And then we're no longer a team. It's just, it's only you out there. Yeah. And that's the complete opposite of like many other sports, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like almost all of them, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a really interesting way to think about it, I guess. But yeah. um, I guess let's kind of talk about that part where you are working with your team. Can you kind of guide us through a typical day of training? I know it's probably changed a lot since COVID happened. I'm not sure what it's like in New Zealand now, but um, you can answer this, I guess, pre-COVID or during or after, <laughs> whatever you'd like. Yeah. Uh, well, COVID is actually not too much of an issue in New Zealand. We've, being an island is really nice because we're, so we don't really have it as a problem here. So it's, uh, it's pretty much just free reign currently and has been for several months. We've had a couple of lockdowns, but nothing probably just compared to what you are used to. So training hasn't tra changed too much. Um, but I am actually like fully employed. So I have to, like, I don't get any funding for athletics. It's a, it's just a hobby almost. <laughs> um, so I have to, I start work at 4am and work till two. Uh, and then I start training at three and that goes till sort of five or six ish. Um, and then I come home and try to hang out and like chill out a bit, but I'm pretty pressed for time on most days because, yeah, I've got, got bills to pay, but I also want to go to the Paralympics, so. <laughs> that's that's very early. That My first thought is that's very early in the morning, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, I don't get uh, a huge amount of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate having 30 minutes of your time with a schedule like that. It doesn't sound like you have it, so I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> No, no, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is probably your chill time. I imagine, I don't know, movie time or dog time or something else. But yeah, I just got back from walking the dogs. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so let's talk about your your racing. I am curious. I ask. I love asking athletes this, especially athletes that race as their sport, um, compared to like I don't know, like being on a court or on a field or something like that. But what goes through your mind when you're crossing a finish line, like at the end of your race? Ah, uh, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. It's, you try not to think too much. Like once you're, once I'm racing, there's not much I can do. I hopefully put all the training in. Hopefully everything that is happening is natural and second to nature. If you overthink things, you, it usually doesn't go too well. But as far as crossing the finish line, I, I usually know about five steps into a race, whether it's like gone well or not, because block starts are my worst, my worst part. So if I get out well, it's usually okay from there. So probably for, for after those five, first five steps, the next sort of a 180 meters, I'm probably thinking the same thing. Like either like sweet, I've nailed it or damn it on to the next one. <laughs> That's so quick. That's so quick to know that you can just feel it, you know, at the very beginning, which is really cool. Yeah, well, because sprinting so much about rhythm. Like, if you haven't got that rhythm from the start, it's 
pretty hard to get it back. And if you have got it back, you've already lost like time in the in the space, you know, in the distance that you didn't have the right rhythm. So yeah, I can usually tell. <laughs> this this I I don't run. I, I'm not a runner. I I don't know if I could ever find that rhythm that you're talking about. I hope maybe one day. <laughs> but I it's not my thing. It's so interesting to hear about though, because I guess I never think about that. I see you can see it, I feel like when I'm watching people who run all the time or sprint all the time, you can see the rhythm, but I'm like, man, I don't know if I could ever have that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like even when I first started running, I I kind of thought it was just like like natural, like I'm a person, I know how to run. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I've been doing it wrong for years. There's so many like techniques and like, it's so technical. It's, it's, it's insane. It, so many, cause I do a little bit of coaching on the side as well. And like, nobody knows how to run. Every, every person I see now, I'm just like, oh, I, I can't even watch a movie and like see an actor run and be like, oh, they're doing it wrong. What are they doing? <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I probably don't know how to run. I don't know. Like, I'm almost certain you don't. <laughs> that's so weird. Cause like what you said, that's something that everybody thinks they know how to do. But I think even like with walking, you know, like you, you learn as a little kid, like heel toe, heel toe, but people don't do that. So I couldn't imagine running a step up from that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Okay. Well, wait, I let's backtrack again. If you're trying not too hard to think about your race, what are you thinking right before the whistle or the gunshot or something? It's right before uh, you start. Yeah, so I've got to like, I think probably every sprinter does, you've got like a little bit of a, a ritual or a routine you do as you're like getting into the blocks. And pretty much so, well, as soon as I've finished like my warm up and I'm waiting behind my blocks and ready to go, I've just thinking that pretty much just thinking the same little chant that I have and the same ritual. And it's, even though I am actively thinking that it's pretty much to stop me thinking. It's just to like put me in the moment and, and stop thinking because you've already thought as much as you're ever going to think this is just, just do it at this point. Just do it. Are you sponsored by Nike? That's what it sounds no, like. No, no, but I, yeah, I should have, <laughs> surely I should now just send me a yeah. little just for that. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, awesome. Let's. I want to ask you. Um, one of my teammates on the Adventures of Aggie team sent in a question. They want to know um, your favorite memory from World Championships in Dubai. Oh, um, well, I think as pretty much every athlete is like usually on the negative side. Like even if they do well, they always wish they could have done better. So my heat at Dubai, I wasn't really expected to make the final. It was my first New Zealand team. It was my first international race. Um, so it was just sort of being there was already like the achievement. So when I made the final, that was probably one of the first and only times I was genuinely like completely happy with the performance. And I was like, you have smashed it. And it was all positive. <laughs> So that was definitely up there, making the final. And then it was actually quite nice going into the final. Again, was just no pressure because I probably wasn't even meant to be there anyway. So eighth is still like better than I ever expected. So um, it was quite nice to do a race that has had zero pressure. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have mucked it up pretty much. So that was quite nice. <laughs> that, that does sound quite nice. I think yeah. that's, that's really interesting though, the way that you put it, because um, I guess a huge part of being an athlete, right, is being coachable and working on your weaknesses. So yes. 
I feel like even when I did play sports and things, it's like, all right, we won, but like we messed up this, 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 and this, and how can we make it better for next time? So I, having that that high moment, you know, you, you're like killing it. That's so cool to have that. But that's a really weird part of sports that I don't think people think about very much. I had another athlete on the show and he was saying after he does his races, he races cars, so a different kind of racing. But he's yeah. like, we don't talk about the three hours of film that I go watch after the race to try to fix everything that went wrong. And I think yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you, you don't see that on TV. <laughs> you don't see any of that. <laughs> no, it's all like pretty glamorous on TV, eh? but it's actually yeah. like, you remember the negatives wait for so much longer than the positives, which is unfortunate, but it's sort of like what you need to get better. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's wild. Um, awesome, well, let's talk about prep for Tokyo. I guess what's next? I know we're on the road to Tokyo, eyes are on it. What are you doing from now until, I guess, I don't know, trials or qualifications or what's next for you? Yeah, so the qualification period is kind of, it ends on the 23rd. So I've pretty much done everything I can up to this point. Um, it's because there's no more races next weekend. I had my last race on this weekend. So I have qualified in the sense of um, they have standards. So there's like an automatic qualifier. And then there's like a step below where you're, you've qualified, but you might not actually get in because it depends how many other athletes are there. So I pretty much just have to wait uh, just cross my fingers and the hope I've done enough. Um, and then after that, it's just train. It's just work, you know, get as good as I can before Tokyo, make as, as much improvement as I can before then. And yeah, see, see what happens over there. Wow. As if, as if we haven't waited enough this whole year, We're, you're still yeah. in the waiting period. Here. I know. I know. Wow. It's like it, every time you check off like one, like, <laughs> you've done this, you've done that. And then it's like, oh, I just got to wait to do that. And then I'll have to wait to do the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and then, and then once we get to it, it's going to be like over and like instantly. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, I, I'll miss savoring it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely. Definitely. It's one of those things like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so soon. That's so exciting though. I love it. Um, Okay, cool. So two more questions for you. I end all of my shows on advice. Um, I have two kind of spin questions, I guess, like related, but not really. Um, first one, what advice would you give to people who are looking to start sprinting or maybe they want to learn to run correctly? <laughs> what advice would you give them? <laughs> um, definitely get a coach. Uh, people that just try to run, you might get fitter, but you're not gonna get any better at running definitely get a coach it doesn't have to necessarily be full-time but definitely learn the basics and um get them to run you through like the basic running drills because you are you are not oh you some people learn from youtube i suppose that's a kind of coach but like at least learn the basics and learn the drills before don't just go for a run because you don't know how to <laughs> yes <laughs> that's great advice i love it um okay then last question here i ask every athlete that comes on the show um, what is one piece of advice you would give to younger Mitch? Uh, well, hindsight is obviously fantastic, but I would definitely encourage him to learn to run before he lost his leg. So he was way better at running when he lost his leg. Um, <laughs> and then obviously also 
maybe some advice to not lose my leg would also be <laughs> beneficial. But in hindsight, also it's um that's potentially the best thing that ever happened. I never would have got to the Olympics with two legs, so that's maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd keep it this way. <laughs> um, but no, actual advice I'd give to him is just like take don't take life and your body for granted. Like I wish I started training hard and working hard and like aiming for a goal a lot earlier. And I wish I didn't need, you know, such a drastic motivation to sort of, you know, get into some some serious sport. Because I've always been into sport, and I, but I was always more of a casual social side. I wish I got serious younger. I think I think he'd appreciate that. I yeah. think would <laughs> <Mr>. appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm cheering for you. Adventures with Aggie is cheering for you. Super excited to see what happens, whether it's sprinting or snowboarding, who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. This was great. No, thank you for having me. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Mitch, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on the show and share your story. Tune in next time to hear from Allison Levine, Team Canada Bocha player. Thank you.